This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, you know what that music means. Oh, reap me Mara's how's it gone? Welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 30. We've finally finished our long summer without Carlisle United football. And we're back. We were back at the Brunton on Saturday. A nil-nil draw against Colchester. Myself and Wills will be talking all about the draw and the fallout from the game, including what Aaron Hayden's been getting up to this week. Fucking sheep shagging. Anyway, um, and then we'll be moving on to Zach Clough and his injury update, as well as some of the rumours for Aaron Hayden's replacement and anything and everything else that tickles mine and Will's fancy on the show today. Now what I will say is that the show isn't what it used to be last season. Last season we would write down the minutes and we would break it down and we'd say things like, in the 43rd minute of the game there was a pass from Jack Armour that found its way into the box and then was hastily cleared by the Walsall goalkeeper. Now that's not the the kind of thing that we're going to go for this year. We're going for a bit more of a chat with a structure. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. We might be a bit stammery for the first couple of weeks but I'm sure we'll get into it and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it in fact I don't think I need to carry on talking about it for too much longer we're gonna smash into the episode but before we do that we've got to get everybody in the right frame of mind put a smile on people's faces and get the old giggle ball rolling because it's time for the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the week. <clears throat> Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the week. Get in. Right, and we've moved away from the knock-knock edition. We've stopped doing knock-knock jokes because they're not much fun unless you've got somebody to do a knock-knock joke with. But I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you've got a joke for us, send it in to the Blue Army pod at gmail.com anyway this week's joke a man walks into a doctor's office he has a cucumber up his nose a banana in his left ear and a parsnip in his right ear and the doctor says to him i can see the problem here 
you're not eating properly. <laughs> Boom, there we go. These jokes aren't supposed to be award-winning, best-selling, you know, hilarious jokes. They're just supposed to put you in a better frame of mind. And hopefully that's done it for you and we can crack on with the episode now. Please welcome back Wills, who's here to join me to talk all about Colchester, the latest news that's been going on this week. And of course, look ahead to the Sheffield United and Swindon games. So let's crack on. Boom, boom. Bow, bow. I think, yeah, boom, boom. That's not like Basil Brush. Bam, bam! I wonder, I wonder how accurate that was. Oh, Reed Maris, welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. And like I've already told you in the introduction, I am very happy to welcome back the one and only, everybody's favourite, Wills. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm good, thanks, Skelly. Not bad. Um, I've obviously I've been to a match, yeah, and that's it. for very upsetting reasons, you were unable to <laughs> attend. That was it, mate. That was it. I'm not, not that sure upsetting. If I went. That's it. That's it. it just, whatever happened happened, and yeah, I got flagged up for the old COVID, and that was it. My plans were ruined, as it were. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's life, mate. That's life, there. unfortunately. <laughs> but yes, Wills, thank you for joining me again. Uh, welcome back to the new season. And uh, well, before we jump into the new season, I realised that we didn't really do any kind of league predictions. I did ask Mark Boyd uh, in the last yeah. episode for how he thought Barrow and Carlisle United might be getting on this season. Hmm. And I withheld my information because I wanted to talk about it today. Um, so it's a bit of a curveball. I never told you I was going to ask you for a prediction today for Carlisle's league prediction come the end of the season. Well, I but already Will's... did one, not for here, but on a, just a forum that I'm on. Okay. Um, I already did a one to twenty-four. You did a one to twenty-four. Uh, I could just, yeah, I could just, you know, draw any, you know, draw from that any questions that you wanted to ask about where I think people will finish. Well, absolutely, mate. That sounds quite a useful resource. But all I was really going to ask is your prediction on where you think Carlisle United are going to finish this season. Put your number on the board. Okay, Doc. Um, I'm, I'm still going to have to find my prediction, but it was you can't deviate. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I had us finishing. Did I have us finishing eighth? But, I mean, I'm just. I'm looking through a forum mm-hmm. that I somewhere on one of the pages of this is oh here we are my prediction oh no I've got us finishing eleventh oh wow even it's so even further outside the playoffs what is it that isn't doing it for you this season in terms of Carlisle then um, you know what nothing specifically but just when I came because it's actually as I mentioned a one to twenty four so I've. I've got a position for for every club mm-hmm. and I just kept coming up with more compelling reasons why this club would finish in the top seven, why, you know, and so on. And, and by the time I, by the time I had like a top 10, I couldn't in my head justify why I would remove any of the teams that I'd predicted in the top 10 out of it to make way okay. for Carlisle. Cause that's kind of like how I do it. I just, I go through, you know, alphabetical order, and like Barrow, 
put them where I think, well, there's no one else in the table at that point, or Barrow, and then the next team is Bradford, and well, they're above Barrow, and then the next team is Bristol Rovers, and I'm like, well, they're above Barrow, but below Bradford, and so on, until I've got, like, 24. So I put Carlisle in quite early, but as I kind of went through, and I thought, oh, well, they might have a decent season, I'm going to put them above Carlisle, or, you know, above the team that I put above Carlisle, and... And Carlisle ended up 11th and then I kind of like stuck to that and struggled to kind of like really think of a good enough reason to go back and then edit what I'd already written to bump Carlisle up a few places. But I think it'll be fairly close. So like that prediction, you know, when I say 11th, I definitely mean playoff contention. Any team down to 12th, I've kind of like, and I have, have Barrow in 12th. So the entire top 12 or from like fourth sort of down to 12th in my list, I consider them to be the playoff contenders and then just kind of like try to put them in some kind of order that ended up with most of them above Carlisle, but we'll see, we'll see. Okay, okay. Very quick fire questions. When you made made your predictions, was that before or after Hayden was sold? Before. Before Hayden was sold. Okay, okay, okay. Um, very quickly, who's your top three? Bradford, Salford, Bristol Rovers. Okay, okay. Bristol so, Rovers. That's a, that's a that's a that's a bit of a jump for them, I would say. But kind of fun, um, kind of fancied though. I mean, I was kind of like thinking about what other people had um, said. I mean, my, my actual words and my explanation for Bristol Rovers just said. I'm not all that sure why Bristol Rovers are so well fancied because they are by bookies and other people who've done predictions hmm. uh, and other relegated teams. Not I think they'll do well, but they'll do better than expected. And then I went and put them third. Is what it is. Yeah, like Salford. I'm, I've never been that hot on them, but I feel like they'll they'll get it right eventually. And it yeah. doesn't seem to be as competitive a league. Bradford kind of stand out for me as I think this will be their season. Okay, okay. And very quickly, who's your bottom two? Sutton and Scunthorpe. Good shouts, good shouts. Yeah, yeah good shouts. Sutton just, they don't, you know, they don't look like they've really done enough to uh, to get away from relegation trouble. And, you know, they're basically going to start the season with the same squad almost that ended last season. And you know, and then oh, Scunthorpe basically this forum has fans of you know, fans of all the clubs have um have people that post on this forum, apart from Salford, who don't have fans at all. So um <laughs> and 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 the one thing that was unanimous among Scunthorpe fans was we are finishing bottom. So you know, when their own fans are saying that then you kind of listen to that and say, sounds like Scunthorpe are finishing bottom. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would say is that normally when a team comes up from the conference, they, they do survive. Um, I would yeah. say that the top, the, top, the top four teams in the conference are normally better than the bottom four teams in League Two consistently yeah, most seasons. But- yeah, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, I never really kind of found it as a good enough, as a good enough reason to say that in this case, Hartlepool and Sutton, they'll stay up because teams that get promoted just never come back down again. It's kind of like, 
teams that get promoted in the past have maybe been a bit better than Hartlepool and Sutton are. Hartlepool have been impacted quite heavily by the fact that they only finished their season six weeks ago. So mm. they've, they've had less time to prepare. Um, I based my prediction for Sutton just on looking at their squad and like their, their level of players that they've got and how much league experience they've, they've got in their squad, which is very little. And I didn't really give any thought at all to the old newly promoted teams avoiding relegation. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I would say Sutton probably in 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 quite a similar fashion to Barrow haven't really done enough in the terms of having a busy transfer period, bringing enough players in that are going to help them secure promotion. So they've obviously got a game plan that they think is going to work out for them this season. Yeah. So I, I know I just normally fancy teams that come up from the conference to survive for at least one season. Um, yeah. But that being said, um, if I was to replace Sutton. In your relegation forecasts, I would probably really go on, pick somebody, go on, force yourself. I don't like Walsall, but that's only because I don't like them. Don't like them. I've got them in 17th. (laughs) I don't like, there's nothing to say that they're going to be bad enough to go down. They're not normally a very good team. Most seasons they don't they struggle to put together a good team, which is weird because they're in a good area of the country where you think they'd have a catchment of like Birmingham castoffs and and Villa castoffs and Wolves castoffs. Yeah. You reckon they'd have a strong enough sort really of team happen? pulling players over from Wolverhampton? Yeah. I would say I would say that it does. I mean, some players like to stay I mean, close to home, and and some players are only brought into youth fans. setups to fill gaps as well, aren't they? They never oh, expected I thought, sorry, to go I and play in the Premier about... League. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about fans. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like putting together a good squad. I think Walsall like consistently underachieve considering the catchment area that they've got. Uh, yeah. For player recruitment, but you know, finances, blah blah blah, all that kind of jazz. Obviously, has its own factors. Now, Wills, you went to the game on Saturday. You saw Carlisle draw nil nil against Colchester, the battle of yeah. the CUFCs, as it were, and. Um, First, first sort of reactions. Thinking back onto the game, fair result. Uh, yeah, I think um, we didn't do enough to uh, to say that we should have won. Um, we we probably created the best chances, and certainly, if any team was going to grab a victory, it was probably going to be us. We pulled out some really kind of like good saves from ex Blue Shamal George. Who Shout had a much better game Shamal. than he had? Yeah, he had a much better game than he had last time. He was at Brunton Park. <laughs> I don't know if um, how many of our viewers will remember the infamous Stevenage match where he let's say he fumbled two easy balls and left them in the back of a net. But um, I mean, we saw you know we saw him make some decent saves as well when he was at Carlisle and. And also, uh, he looked like he had a clangor in him still. He met some, you know, he, he, he made some harebrained decisions at times, but got away with them. Um, I'm, I'm certainly handled outside the box at one point, but 
you know, <laughs> the referee has to be absolutely certain. To he does like to come off that. his line. He does like to come <laughs> off his line. He doesn't always. He doesn't always get to the ball, whether it's a corner or, or a cross. He does like yeah. to come and try and catch the ball or punch the ball. And even when he punches the ball, a lot of them are glancing punches as well. They don't go forwards. They go to the corner. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that might be that might be the technique that he's, he's, he's trying to do, you know, trying to just palm it out for a throw in. <laughs> what do we know? What do we know about goalkeepers? Eh? What do we, let's not do that this season. Let's not go down the goalkeeper route too much this season. But yeah, Wills, you were there at the game yeah. on Saturday, and uh, there's a bumper crowd. Uh, we'll move on to that a little bit later on. But that meant there were some delays at the stadium and the kickoff was delayed by 15 minutes. What was the atmosphere like in the ground? Because normally when there's a bit of a delayed kickoff, there's a little bit of tension that rises. Um, what was it like in the ground before kickoff? I mean, I, I got in fairly late. Like if, if the kickoff hadn't been delayed, then I'd have only got in just before, just before kickoff. It didn't seem especially tense or anything you know no one was complaining that kickoff had been delayed uh That's people were yeah um apparently there was no alcohol in the world road end so after half time played I saw that on twitter as well yes yeah, or, or before half time at all oh, was it as well well, that's what I heard. I didn't go looking for alcohol because I was with a mate of mine and you know we were just we had a coffee and a pie. The new pie is really nice from a calls, nice scotch pie. <laughs> nice. Jo- John Watts coffee. John Watts coffee. Yeah. Cumbrian Cumbr- Cumbr- teas by Rambler's yeah. Brews, by the way. Roasted. I'll be sending you your free yeah. samples. <laughs> so you know, that was nice. Um the service was still slow. <laughs> But um, a fair few in, but at the same time, it's weird because the attendance was just over six thousand. Yeah, back in you know, back in um, you know, back in Homer's day, that would have probably been considered a slightly smaller than average attendance. You know, and yeah, the, the years of that, the years of the back to back promotions around that yeah. time, I would say the average crowd was around sort of like six thousand was probably the average crowd. Did you looking to go over six and a half? Possibly when a Leeds or a Millwall or anybody with the slightest of reputations came to Brunton Park, they yeah. were they were eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand attendance Leeds games. Those seven, ones. The Leeds one was seventeen thousand. Oh, there was a few. The first, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah, first time, <laughs> first time we played Leeds in the league after promotion, got seventeen thousand in. Wow! Wow! But yeah, those those, but, those 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 were hella seasons. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, but you know, like Colchester didn't bring that many up, which is fair because it's a long way to travel. Around two hundred. Yeah. You know, brought. if 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 we'd had first game of the season against someone like Bradford, then that might have just boosted the numbers purely by the fact that they would have probably brought over a thousand. So, um, you know, on, on another day with the same number of Carlisle fans in, you might have been looking at a. Uh, 7,000 plus attendance, but you know, it felt it felt like there was more people in, looked like there was more people in slightly different atmosphere to what you to, to, to what you used to get back when that was regular, because a much higher a much higher proportion of those people aren't regular followers of Carlisle. And hopefully when they listen to this pod, they will be. But at the moment, they are local people who you know, know of the local club. And, you know, you, you could hear them asking questions of each other around 
around him. You, you know, it was clear they didn't really know who any of the players were mm-hmm. or like how, you know, how the club were expected to do. Could hear, and the problem is you could hear some of them complaining on the way out as well uh, that, that, that it wasn't much of a spectacle. See, cause... I was worried. I was worried about this. A lot of the listeners and a lot of my friends have got like young kids, and because of COVID, they haven't been able to go to the football for like almost you know two yeah. years, two different seasons now. And these kids are of the age where they probably would have went to their first game a year ago, but because of COVID, yeah. that wasn't possible, and and all, all all of those factors, and then. This seemed to be the game because it was half price as well. That there'd be a lot of new potential Cumbrian fans um, getting brought to the game for the first time. Whether it's like a twelve-year-old, a thirteen-year-old going with his mates or whatever, or or it's somebody like seven or eight getting dragged down with the parents. But there was a lot yeah. of new eyes, and unfortunately, um, it would have been hard work for those parents and and already steady fans to maybe keep the interest for a nil-nil draw. But there's a lot of chances during the game. And, um, yeah, let's, let's move on to talk about the game a little bit. There was a couple of changes made just before the game kicked off. We've, we've touched on the subject of Aaron Haydens a little bit already, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But it did affect the starting lineup, and so did the injury in the warm-up to Cor- uh, Corey Whelan. No, not Corey Whelan. So did the injury <laughs> in the warm-up to Zach Clough. So your Carlisle hmm. United team for the game against Scunthorpe is as follows. Oh, it's been a while since I've said that. Um, Magnus Norman in goals. George Tanner, Corey Whelan, McDonald and Armour at the back. Riley, Guy and Mellish in the midfield. Alessandra, Abrahams and Dickinson up front now i've just said there wills those changes would have affected our starting lineup and potentially even what our formation was going to be going Hmm. into the game now you've seen a bit of pre-season i've seen a bit of pre-season this was still a a, quite a strong team but it was definitely definitely missing both clough and hayden they would have definitely played um against Colchester, they would have both been in the starting lineup. Um, would you have made any different changes to compensate for those? Um, I mean, you know, not in defence, because, you know, Will and McDonald, with, you know, Phoenix still out injured, so that was the only option that we had. And to be fair, they did well and clean sheet. And, you know, Will looked a lot more comfortable than... Than he looked in the friendlies that you saw him in. That I'm, I'm going off your assessment of those friendlies. That he kind of looked a bit shaky at that point, but you know he said he looked very comfortable, and you know looked quite solid in that position. Um, not quite got the pace of Hayden, but um, Colchester didn't really have much pace themselves, so that aspect of the game wasn't really tested. Um, up front, um, basically, so we. We brought Riley back in, who was going to be on the bench. So went to kind of changed formation, really, in order to accommodate the loss of Clough, because presumably Clough and Abrahams were going to play, or Clough, Abrahams and Alessandra were all going to be in the starting lineup. So I'm guessing that's a front three um, with, Bre- with Brennan Dickinson as well. Um, 
it, it, you know what we're just kind of speculating how were we going to line up with that four four two maybe with Dickinson I would have thought and maybe a four, four, yeah exactly I would have thought maybe a four four two four four two with a Dickinson and an Alessandro on either side of the midfield of, of Clough and well yeah pushed forward as wingers yeah. either side of like Clough and Abrahams mm-hmm. and so we've ended up with Abrahams up front at, in the middle at times and it, it seemed like we kind of tried swapping in with Alessandra a bit, but mostly it seemed like we had basically four three three with the three mid you know with the three midfielders that we used to of of Guy Mellish and Riley and then Alessandra and Dickinson either side of Abrahams. Would I I can I don't know to be honest because you know you could have brought in someone like Mampala instead and made it you know, kept the four four two that you were preparing for, but at the same time, four three three, especially for those midfield three, is something they're really familiar with. So perhaps you know, Chris Beach is thinking, I've been thrown a curveball here. I've got to change things. It's not going to be the lineup that we've been preparing for. So I'm going to fall back on a lineup that at least my three midfielders are going to be really familiar with. That's what it um, felt like happened. That's, that, yeah. yeah, that's what it felt like happened. I wouldn't have made that decision to be honest, yeah. but we all know I like to throw hail marys in these situations, and I think Fishburne would have been a fantastic replacement for Clough and stay in the four four two. But that's in retrospect, having seen some yeah. of the highlights and seeing Fishburne as a as a really good sort of dead eye finisher. And there was a number yeah. of opportunities in the game that fell to Mellish mainly, but there was opportunities yeah. for Alessandra and Abrams and Dickinson that I think McDonald had Fish, again. Fishburne, Fishburne would have just finished it off. I, I feel I like mean, he would have just yeah. had the, the natural is, ability to have just finished those one or two yeah. of those chances off. And I feel like he would I have mean, been the better replacement for me, but I yeah. like I like taking a chance on the youth. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure myself whether I kind of like to rely on the, on the, natural, on the natural ability of a player who would be making his debut and, you know, first ever league start at the young age that yeah. you know to expect his natural Mm. I said the striking position is almost a no-lose situation when it comes to giving someone his debut because he's never going to make a bad enough mistake to cause a, a goal um, against his own team. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's up the wrong end of the pitch for that kind of uh, influence. Do you remember Sam Adarusi? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's very few. Just blow your theory clean out of the if water you keep, there. If you, tell him, if, you, if you tell him he's not allowed to come behind the halfway line, it doesn't happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell him go out there and make your dream come true and score your first goal in a Carlisle shirt. And if it if it's if yeah. it's if it's terrible and if he doesn't get on the end of anything, you change it after forty five yeah. minutes and you've not lost anything. You know what I mean? But that's just me. I, don't and know. I, I mean, is it not like a psychological impact of if you start him and then take him off after forty five minutes? It depends how good of a man manager you are. Yeah. You can you can you can explain your situation to a kid who's got no experience and just say, listen, it's not working. Uh, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change formation, and I'm just gonna sub you off. Thanks very much. Yeah. You tried it. It was my fault. Yeah. I'm the manager. I decided to stick with the formation. I didn't make it yeah. work. And you just you know you just you just get the lad to take it on the chin. They're all professionals yeah. at the end of the day. I'm sure they'd be all right with that. Yeah. I mean, for the lack of um, you know, for the lack of finishing ability that we showed, we're still. You know, we still pulled some decent saves out of Shamal George, 
Yes, uh, true. There was a good one, uh, you know, a Rod McDonald's header from a corner, which mm. is, you know, without Hayden, you don't necessarily expect us to score many, uh, as many as we did last season. Both Hayden and Bennett contributed quite a few, just heading it in from corners. Yeah. Um, and Rod McDonald stepped in and pulled a decent save out of Shamal George. Um, Dickinson had a couple he could have done better with. His very left footed is Dickinson. And what I think happened was, and I'm actually basing this off what the Colchester fans have said because they know him from when he used to play there. Mm-hmm. And sort of like their suggestion is that he got through on goal but with his right foot on the ball and he, he needed was, to yeah. switch onto his left foot in order to get a shot away because he's because he's not confident or or able to do that with his right foot and was unable to and ended up overrunning the ball and losing the chance yeah um, yeah he doesn't look too comfortable on the of the other foot like yeah but um you know john mellish had a a good chance. I mean, he had a couple as well, maybe where he should have done better. But right, you know, well, close to the end, there was kind of that double save that um, that George pulled off, which was right in front of me. And I was like, how did, you know, how did that not go in? Yeah, there was a great double save, like quite close towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, I think it was, was it, was it? Ball in from Dickinson over to Abraham and then Mellish with the follow-up efforts. Well, I've got written down here. Um, the yeah. first save was really good. Uh, the second save was, was I think, just kind of like... He needed to make the save, obviously, but it was more or less hit at him. There was nowhere else Mellish could sort of go with the yeah. effort. He was, he was a defender was right in front of him. The goalkeeper was behind that. It came to him very quickly. Had to take yeah. it first time. Um, it was just that was the moment you would have thought, yay, we get the goal and you know we get the we get the game, we get the three points that we deserve. But it just wasn't to be on the day yeah, for the Cumbrians. Of moments, yeah. Going back to talking about Corey Whelan on the on the footage that I've seen of him playing in the game, he looked solid. Uh, I've, I genuinely I, every time I've criticised him, I've always said I, I hope I'm wrong. I always finish the criticism yeah. with I hope I'm wrong about him, and I genuinely do hope I'm wrong about him. I hope his confidence can grow. Um, here's my only thing with Whelan and McDonald is uh, as opposed to Hayden and Bennett, maybe more Bennett than Hayden, is that Bennett was quite comfortable on the ball when it came yeah. to receiving it off the goalkeeper, bringing the fullbacks into play, um, playing a long ball into the channels. Bennett was much uh, more comfortable with that. And Hayden got better at it towards the end of the season. Um, I think being pushed out right for a couple of games helped. Hayden's delivery yeah. and getting used to being on the ball a little bit more. Um, but with Whelan and McDonald, I don't see either of them as, as, as being necessarily comfortable on the ball as, as a ball playing defender. And maybe that might lend itself to the old route one style of football, where if a defender ends up with the ball at his feet, we're just going to launch it long. And we all know how boring that can be um, yeah. to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, certainly from what we saw last season, you know, McDonald is a competent but basic defender. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's decent in the air, so he does get up and kind of beat his beats his man to the ball and gets the head it clear. Uh, but you don't usually see him bringing it forward or passing it out. He'll play occasionally. He can play a decent a decent uh, diagonal ball, a la a la Danny Granger. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess we're gonna see maybe more just kind of get rid of it type uh, type defending. But you know, like um, a lot of the time we bring in these kind of uh, nice nice ball playing defenders. It's quite late on um, when after the transfer window's closed and and we get someone in on a free transfer that's experienced. That's how Bennett came to us. I guess how Clint yeah. Hill came to us. Uh, not sure about Anthony Gerrard. I think he might have been signed at the start of the season. Um, I think it's how Ian Hart came to us, is where you've kind of got players who have maybe been holding out for a, you know, for a club at a higher level, but it's not come through because, you know, usually they maybe had a bit of an injury problem in the previous season and. So like they decide to drop down to our level, and Carlisle seems a good fit for them, and they play for us for one season and then go to a higher club, or in the case of um, Anthony Gerrard, go to Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily see it as as a bad thing that we're waiting until later on in yeah. the in the in the day to make moves in the transfer window. I think we've got enough of a good side to get us through the first couple of games of the season. And then we can see where the real weak areas are in the side and then make the impact changes and bring in yeah. the impact players that we need yeah. to bring in to really improve yeah. in those can areas. Can we get Clint Hill back? Because he'd be 40 now, but he's probably still fit as a fiddle. <laughs> I think he's doing some pundit stuff, isn't he, Clint Hill? Is he not still... Um, Radio is he not London manager? I think he's assistant manager at Bristol Rovers because he follows Joey Barton about. Ah, right. Okay. Well, he'll, be, he'll have his hands full then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the injury to Zach Clough in the build-up towards the game also would have affected the way Carlisle played on the day. Now, we've had a very good set-piece taker for uh, an entire season with Callum Guy, but in pre-season, set-pieces were not only based around Callum Guy, they were also based around what Zach Clough can do from 25 yards mm. as well. So I feel like that would have had an impact on the game and we've probably got a couple of uh, cool new set-piece routines to look forward to in the next mm. couple of games going forward. Now, like we've touched on a little bit, it was a bumper crowd at Carlisle. There was 6,382 fans there, uh, according to the BBC. 200 of those were away fans and... Um, well, how, how did the atmosphere feel for you, Wills? How, how was it being amongst uh, the bumper crowd again, obviously with so long being being away from the ground? Uh, pretty electric at times. You know, it was good. Um, they, you know, the kind of spells in the match where Carlisle would have a few successive corners, especially in the second half, because I'm in the Warwick Road end. So in the half where they're shooting towards me, then, you know, we'd go on a few successive attacks or get a couple of corners and the crowd will, you know, the crowd will get up. And with with the extra people there, it just made that a bit louder, but maybe I'm just not used to it, having been away from it for so long. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely that aspect of the, you know, the game and the atmosphere. Hopefully that will kind of, like, appeal to some of the... Uh, some of the first-time visitors or the ones who haven't been in a while. And, you know, just to see what the atmosphere is like. I would have loved to get a goal because 
I mean, not just for the results, but also to experience, you know, it, like I would have even preferred it to have been 1-1 because we'd have a goal to celebrate at some point. And I would yeah. like to have done that in a sort of 6,000 crowd. Uh, it's a couple yeah, of weeks now before great... we're home. So, but, uh... <laughs> it would have been great to have given the fans that moment, especially yeah. the first-timers, something yeah. to cling on to for next time, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your sort of man of the match for the game, who impressed you? Um, my man of the match would have maybe been. I was kind of tempted to give it to Rob McDonald, and it's just because. But then I'm, I'm often, I tend to be, a bit more supportive of players that have got a lot of stick if they then go and have a good game, and he's got a lot of stick from Carlisle fans over his time here. So he had a good game, and it's difficult to really pick out. Um, you know, from a few players who had good games, uh, McDonald, Whelan, uh, the official man of the match winner, Callum Guy. And I would say probably like Joe Riley, um, you know, they all had good games. And Brennan Dickinson looked dangerous, but you maybe knock a few points off uh, chances he could have done better with. Yeah. And, and Magnus Norman, uh, I think he got man of the match from one of the other unofficial, oh, no, I think I think he got the Viceroy Curry. But I think Callum Guy got the sponsors. Got Callum Guy was announced. <laughs> Don't they all get a curry? <laughs> yeah, just, but he's the, the one who got just Magnus Norman sitting in the changing room on his own eating a curry while everyone else watches him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it on your white shirt, Magnus. Don't get it on your white shirt, mate. Yeah. So as you I was worried see, for like... them shorts, like yeah. I was worried for them shorts. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, they were impressively clean considering he just played a game, which perhaps shows kind of that Colchester didn't really threaten that much. <laughs> <laughs> considering that the biggest threat to the cleanliness of his shorts was the curry he had after the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, I would have to give my sort of like man of the match to, and this is just going off the sort of highlight footage. Obviously, I wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Jack Armour. Uh, every time he touched the ball, it went to the destination it was mm. supposed to go. Um, his arsenal of, of passing, crossing, delivery, getting forwards, uh, still covering his man is is, is, is is too good for this level, mate. He's too good for yeah. this level. And the, uh, I don't think he'll be around this level for uh, much longer, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, I think he had a flawless game. Like you said, the defence got a, uh, a clean sheet. And um, yeah, I feel like he had a big contribution towards that. And I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I think he's a really good player. And mm. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, I think we've covered the game pretty well there, mate. There was an opportunity where I thought Mellish was unlucky not to get a penalty. But you see them given sometimes and sometimes you well, don't see them Maybe down given. the other end. Yeah, I mean, down the other cl- end from where I was, down the yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't remember exactly, that at all. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just one of those sort of 50 50 balls, and and unfortunately, the referee was just sort of like, nah, it was a 50 50 challenge, and no, you're not getting it, it's not going your way, it's not going their way. And fair enough, fair enough, you know, but it was worth mentioning there, right? So, before the game, like we've mentioned, there was a couple of things that affected the Carlisle United starting lineup. And uh, one of those things, and we'll cover both of them, but one of those things was the transfer of Aaron Haydens, leaving us and taking himself over to Wales to join Ryan Reynolds, uh, a.k.a. Deadpool, and um, go and play for some non-league outfit. 
So mm. um, it's it was a good amount of money. It's been reported to be anywhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty thousand mm. pounds. There isn't an, a confirmed number, and there never normally is in these kind of situations. But that's your vice captain, and he's he's gone, and he's not giving us a lot of time to uh, replace him before the start of a new season. In fact, any time to replace him before the start of a new season. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one. To be honest, out of all the defenders that they could have went for, they've gone for Aaron Hayden. Um, what have you got to say about this transfer? Um, I mean, the it's funny the position that um, Wrexham are in and Stockport as well, because Stockport are similarly they've got a lot of money. They went and bought Scott Quigley off Barrow, um, or took him on a free, but have obviously uh, paid him enough wages. Um, in the you know, there's there's still only one automatic promotion place out of the non-league, and then the lottery of playoffs, and you know, so they're obviously quite desperate to get back into the league. And you know, both you know, both sets of fans, Stockport and Wrexham, they're both kind of big old league clubs who have surely suffered enough. Um, is this necessarily the right way about it for them? Um, don't know because uh, I say there's there's an in, you know it's entirely possible that it could take them two or three years to get back in the league, no matter how much they spend, just because you know it's so it's so random in a way who actually gets promoted. You know you can you can be the best team on paper, finish second. And obviously they can't both get promoted automatically, so one of them's bound to finish second or below. Enter the playoffs, get beat by Borden Wood, season over. So, um, <laughs> and then you know it all starts again the next season. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about the Stockport owners, but if they're kind of like local Stockport people, then I probably expect they'll stick around for however long it takes to get the club where they want it to be. Mm. Um, how long Ryan Reynolds and who is it, uh, Rob McElhenney? You know how how long are they going to stick around if it turns into a two three year project just to get out and on league? Um, they've not just brought their own money, but Wrexham now have shirt sponsorship from TikTok, which yeah. is supposedly bringing in a lot of money and. In the in the sort of in the um, accounts, it makes it look like the club's capable of bringing in money without the influence of the owners. But of yeah. course, if if the big Hollywood owners leave, TikTok aren't sponsoring Wrexham because they think that they need to expand their presence in the North Wales market. They're sponsoring <laughs> Wrexham because because they want to be seen when Wrexham the movie gets made. And if, <laughs> if the Hollywood owners leave, then TikTok aren't going to be interested and it's back to being sponsored by Bob's Taxis. So <laughs> it's 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 risky business, but, you know, they say that they're putting money in in the right way, investing in the training facilities and all that stuff so that the club is able to, is able to stand on its own two feet. Historically, they're a big enough club to, you know, to be able to stand on their own two feet as a league club. It's not like Salford, but... Um, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, what's the long term going to be for this, especially if it takes a while to go up? 
Yeah, um, so Aaron Hayden's been given a three-year deal over there. Obviously, a three-year deal in non-league is almost just non-existent, doesn't really happen. And mm. um, you can't kind of blame him for making the move. It's one of those moves that potentially will help his family in the long term. And so you're not going to personally attack him. Uh, he's a 24-year-old footballer, three years down the line. He's only going to be 27. I will completely expect to see him in league football one day again in the future. And uh, yeah, good luck to you, buddy. Have a good time uh, collecting those Hollywood dollars. Um, but uh, I mean, you know what? We are kind of, you know, that's genuine as well. We're not just being sarcastic. No, 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 it, no, no. Because, <laughs> you know, I think what people kind of forget is that... Um, you know, footballers of this level, League Two footballers, they earn an average around £50,000, which might sound like a lot. And it would be a lot if you were at the beginning of a career that you expect to last until you're 60. But uh, the career of a footballer is 15 years, if you're lucky. It can end at any time. And at this level, you know, you don't just walk out of it and get handed the professional coaching role or a punditry job. So... You know, it's entirely kind of sensible for, you know, a young man like Aaron Hayden to, if he's offered like a three year deal on good money and he knows that that money he can kind of like put in the bank and, you know, whenever his career ends, hopefully not, you know, hopefully not for a long time, but whenever his career does end, he's got that money in the bank. So he's not going into um, a job market with a skill set that employers don't really understand or appreciate, which is kind of what happens to a lot of a lot of lower league footballers. When they, you know, yeah. it's almost like it's almost like when people talk about coming out of the military and going onto Civvy Street. So you know, he's done the right thing for himself, the club as well. You know, you have to say the club have done the right thing for the club. He's got one year left on his contract, and if money gets put on the table, especially if it's a six figure. Uh, number that you just you, you're gonna have to take it it's the smarter thing to do for the club because once a player gets his head turned at this level he can just he can just you know throw the towel in for a season and sign on the free for somebody else but you know they could just have a you know a handshake deal somewhere else and they can very quickly be un- uninterested in, in playing for you um, if you don't let them do what they want to do. And uh, yeah, so I think it's a good move on both parts, uh, like you've mentioned for uh, for Hayden personally and uh, and for the club as a whole. But how would you like to see the money spent? Um, it's it, Like I said, it's been rumoured yeah. to be anywhere between a quarter of a mil and <laughs> um, <laughs> 150,000. Well, hopefully, hopefully we took Deadpool for all that he's got. <laughs> I would hope so. And, you I know, so. we can... We can, we can maybe spend the money on a new stadium, maybe see if we can bring in Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in seriousness, I think after seeing after seeing the match the other day, um, I, I did fear the worst because looking at the state of our defence, I kind of thought uh, Whelan's young and a bit untested. Feeney's injured. Rob McDonald's just come back from injury. Um, and we've talked about his pros and cons. And no backup. Uh, Feeney came in, no, sorry, Feeney. Uh, Whelan came in and did really well. And that makes me less certain that we need to spend that money in defense because, you know, uh, Feeney's still kind of got to come back. And, you know, we could go out if we need to, we could just go out and bring in a loanee that's got enough skill to be fourth choice centre back and no more than that. Um, I'm not sure if. 
I mean, I mean, none of the players that we brought through as a youth team, we haven't got any centre backs among that no. lot. So, but um, we, you know, I think we could probably benefit from having more of a second choice left back because we are relying a lot on armour. And we saw in the preseason friendlies um, when Armour had to step into centre back to cover Feeney's injury. We tried everyone at left back. We tried Dickinson at left back. We tried Mellish at left back, but he's sort of forgotten how to defend now. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure at some point we probably. I think we tried Jimmy Toure at left back at one point. So <laughs> no, I feel like we need a better option at left back to make sure that we don't kind of, you know, to make sure that one injury doesn't become an injury crisis. Uh, but do with a. I think we could do with experience. Um, I've been looking at this, and I haven't worked it out yet because I haven't gone through everyone, but our average age of our squad of 21 players this season is 23. Yeah, if that, okay. I, I don't know what other clubs' average ages are, but um, if that had been our average age last year, then we'd have been the youngest team in We'd have been the youngest team in League Two by two years on the mm. second youngest, and we'd be the youngest team in the entire EFL by one year. And you know, we've we've lost players like uh, Bennett, and we've lost we've lost Dean Furman. I would say we we haven't really used Dean Furman that much, but we brought him in for experience and didn't quite work the way because he didn't you know he didn't play enough matches, but. Having let him go, I think we need to kind of try again at getting that sort of level head in the sort of midfield or attacking kind of area. You know, we've got Alessandra up there, and he's our, and Alessandra is our only player over the age of thirty as well. Yeah, at the grand at a grand old age of thirty one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then the second, and then the second oldest is Rob McDonald at twenty at twenty nine, and. I think there's only a couple more because Aaron Hayden was 25, I think. So he was one of them. But there's really only a couple that we've got over the age of 24. And then everyone else is just 24 and under. So I'd like to see us get some experience in. Doesn't matter so much in what position, but I think maybe a central midfielder. Basically, another go at doing what we were trying to do by bringing Dean Furman in last year. You know, he's mm. to. And, and that's the sort of thing that, to be honest, probably um, this is going to be like a free transfer kind of situation because a lot of those experienced players end up being free transfers because if they are, you know if they have got a club then they cost a lot of money, I think. Um, so yeah, um, and maybe another option up front. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more inclined to go for a, an experienced option up front or maybe just somebody from a, some decent pedigree to go up front, maybe. Um, you do need to fill in that gap at the back. Uh, I think there's lots and lots of defenders that are just as capable as, as Aaron Hayden that we could we could bring in at this level. Every single one of them's a gamble. Uh, unfortunately, the good thing about Aaron Hayden was is that he's been with us for two years and we knew what we were getting. And he was a player that we'd given the experience to to get better. And now we're going to be starting with another blank slate. And Corey Whelan's a bit of a blank slate. 
Um, so you don't know which direction these 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 lads are going to go into. It, if they have a crisis of confidence, then you know the season could could very easily duck tail for somebody like Whelan. But you know, like I said, I honestly hope that he has a really good season. He turns out to be a very good player. Um, I mean, if you remember when Hayden first came in, he didn't have the most auspicious of starts. Yeah, um, brought in by Stephen Presley and then barely used. Um, and when he was used, um, there was a couple of times he played out on right wing mainly when he was brought in, and uh, uh, people weren't that thrilled by him when they saw him play under Presley. Uh, I think um, you know a couple of a couple of experts, and I'm not naming names because I can't remember who, <laughs> um, but certainly kind of like people who have respected opinions, um, sort of said that I, I don't think this guy can make it. Um, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got it to make it at this at this level. He had uh, some poor Chris, games last year, like. Oh yeah, yeah, and then but Chris Beach came in and transformed him. Hmm. So it took um, him a while, though. Know, it took him a couple of games. It took him a lot of games. He was ma- he was making when we went through that really bad period of form last year. Hayden was missing headers, not closing oh, no, Chris down Beach, properly. Chris Beach transformed him the season before that. Is what I mean. Right. Oh, you mean to a centre back from being playing on the right? Well, and transformed him into being like, well, kind of like saw the ability in him. So, like when Chris Beach came in, Hayden was probably looking at being released in the summer because mm. Presley had brought him in, barely used him, and when he did use him, didn't look he didn't look all that good. And Chris Beach came in and just decided, no, this is my, uh, and because Jared Branthwaite left, I think that's kind of what pushed Hayden into the into the position. I think it was at right back, but I think he did kind of then come into centre back. I can't remember exactly where he started, but it was definitely kind of like partly Chris Beach. So you know I think we've got like faith in Chris Beach to do the same again. I think you know we can give Chris Beach a lot of credit for Jack Armour. Again yeah, came and in Tanner. Yeah. yeah well I mean Tanner came in he already had a decent reputation. Armour came in as another bit of a nobody and more of a blank slate. Yeah, so and like uh, Chris Beach will tell you himself when he kind of does his interviews and stuff on the radio that um, that's what you know that's what he was doing for his job at Rochdale was just as the assistant manager there, but just bringing through young players and young players. And I think he was the academy manager there at one point as well. So it's something that he's very keen to talk about and. You know, I have said we we have a very young squad this year, so there's lots of players who are performing far better than you might have expected when we signed them. Um, Armour, uh, Hayden, because he was pretty young at that point, and um, and you know Tanner has played better than than we maybe expected because he. he he had that curious thing where he looked okay at Morecambe and then. Man, you recalled him and loaned him to Buddy Salford, and Salford then didn't use him at all. And then Man, you released him. So, you know, he had a bit of a a bit of a disappointing end to the season before he signed for us, but then did excellent afterwards. Yeah, he's a top player, top player. Mm. Some of the early rumours coming away from the Aaron Hayden replacement deal. Well, the only sort of rumour that I've heard so far coming away from the Aaron Hayden deal is that we're interested in signing. A lad called um, Alex Alex Whitmore from Flyde. Uh, Flyde are the same. 
Filed. Filed. Uh, Filed. Filed. <laughs> Defiled. Um, <laughs> a team in the same league as Wrexham. So, you know, not exactly the, the best recruitment pool in the world. So, well, I guess we'll just have to see where it goes. Again, it's just a rumour. Don't know a lot about the guys. Six foot one. He's a centre back. He's 25 years of age. And um, he comes from the Burnley Academy. Yeah. And he's uh, he's fell into the sort of like non-league. He was with Chester yeah. for a little bit, and he's got a lot of games under Flid. <laughs> File, yeah. So Filed play the division below Wrexham, then Conference North. Ah, I thought and... Wrexham were Conference North. No, Wrexham are Conference. I thought they were Conference North. Okay. Uh, so okay. yeah, um, Whitmore as well is um, is is a graduate of Walls End Boys Club. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a good. It's, like it's always like a good thing on your CV. Club. Yeah. Uh, what? So we like talking about Walls End Boys Club. We, we <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember. I remember talking. Yeah, I remember talking about it, and I'm trying to think. Was it on this last pod? And I think it was. Yeah, Sam Fishburne um, comes from that way, doesn't he? Ah, yeah. I some Yeah, it was. So and you know, at 25, he'll be quite old for our squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot of experience in the league yeah. either. <laughs> so again, it's just an early rumor. I don't know how credible yeah. it is. Thirty-one um, games for Grimsby. Yeah, conference. Thirty-five. Grimsby, though, not... uh, 2019 was that them in the conference? Yeah, I think it's conference Grimsby. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was. So yeah, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> it's just it's just a rumor anyway. I don't want to I don't wanna, I don't want to yeah. dwell too much on it. It's just a, it's just a rumor that's going round. Yeah. Um, that he's one of the players that we are potentially interested in. Um I don't think it's 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 that realistic. I don't think we'd pay any yeah. money for a player when there's that many players that are free agents still at yeah. this moment in time, like we mentioned earlier. So I don't think we're gonna pay uh, a non-league club for their centre back. But I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Um, and other news, where we had a bit of an injury update on the old Zach Clough situation. Uh, Chris Beach was interviewed after the game and said that Zach Clough would be very doubtful for the game against Sheffield United, which at the time of recording is tonight. At the uh, time so he... of recording is tonight. <laughs> Just in case it changes either the time of recording or <laughs> I know, um, I know, you know what? That was harsh. I know what you mean. It just sounds funny when you're saying it. Well, you know, because I'm because I'm speaking to you live. I'm not listening yeah. to you afterwards. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, he has been I, said. I wouldn't sorry. risk him. No, I wouldn't risk him. There's no point in risking him in the in the, in the game uh, against Sheffield United, and uh, you may as well just try and get him ready for the Swindon. Maps. That's what yeah. I, that's what I'd be trying to do anyway. I wouldn't be playing him <laughs> against Sheffield United. Anyway, talking about Sheffield United, we can do a little bit of a of a match preview on Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually quite fancy us in this game. I know Sheffield United are a Championship team, but they're in they're in spin. You know, they're in spin. They've 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 been relegated and they're in a bit of a spin right now. They lost the opening game of the season against Birmingham, um, I believe it was, and. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're, they're going to chop and change and probably move the side around and probably play some youth players and some reserve players and things like that. And yeah, I reckon we've got a good opportunity. It wouldn't be the first time in Carlisle United's history that we've pulled off uh, a little bit of a, a giant killing in the first round of the Cabro Cup. And I actually quite fancy us against Sheffield United to to come away with maybe even a two nil 
victory and pile on the misery for Sheffield United. What are you reckoning, Wills? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you know, whenever you play uh, one of the bigger teams in the Carabao Cup first round, it's it's pretty rare that they put out a full-strength squad. And, you know, having lost their opening game, they're maybe kind of thinking a bit more on the league. And, you know, maybe their fans are kind of are probably having discussions amongst themselves about who they would rest for this. So... You know, we'll always kind of like go there and give it a game and, you know, hopefully, you know, I think we'll be up for it. Um, I say, having said that, I do hope, like you, that we don't risk Clough. It's not a must win or anything. No. But, um, this I is where like I, I would play to... the four four two, and I'd, yeah. play Fish, I'd play Fishburne or Toure or both of them and give, yeah. give Tristan a break as well. Because Toure deserves a chance this season. If you're not going to give him a chance, don't. there was no point in giving him a, a contract extension. You need yeah, to give him I'd some games. Yeah, I'd maybe go Toure and Mampala together because it looked like there was something there when I saw them playing together in pre-season. Okay. Um, that, you know, when Toure and Mampala are on the same field, they kind of like seem to be on the on a similar wavelength. Mm. You know, like sometimes Toure or, or any kind of flair player Sometimes they suffer a bit because other players aren't on the same wavelength as them, yeah. and they find that there are no players around them wait, waiting for the pass and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think they, JJ know, and Patrick not... definitely evident of that last year. They were two flair players that worked quite well together. Yeah, I mean, they were both quite strong as well. So the... Toure is strong, to be fair. Uh, Manpower doesn't look super strong, but yeah. Um, so, you know, those are... That's a good example, though. JJ and Patrick were, you know, very much seemed to kind of work well together. Um, Toure and Mampala, a bit more trickery, you know, a bit less lung-bursting runs, as people like to call them. But, um, yeah, no, it'd be nice to kind of, like, see what they can do against, be one of the best defences that they'll come up against this season. And I always kind of remember a few seasons ago when we beat Barnsley 3 0 at Oakwell. That's kind of what I'm going off. That's the vibe I'm sort of like pinching onto a little bit. Um, But yeah, we've we've had good track records against both Sheffield teams in the past. And yeah, like I said, they're in a bit of a free fall at the moment. They're just trying to desperately get a grasp on some kind of form, throwing together different formations. They've lost a lot of players. Uh, they lost the coach recently. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're in a bit of a spin at the moment. And I think this is our opportunity to pile on some misery. So, yeah, I reckon uh, I reckon 2-0. What do you reckon, Wills? Um, you know what? Let's go with a repeat of the Barnsley game. That's a 3-0 to Carlisle. Oof, oof, oof. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. We'll and you know what? Another funny thing is that with... Um, with with the way I follow was last year, this will be the first time in a long time, well, in, in over a year, that I've not been able to watch a game. Why's that? Well, because you can't watch it on iFollow. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was, I was, I was looking over all those things today, but apparently oh, because, there's, there's because... a pub in Carlisle somewhere that have a dodgy dongle, a dodgy uh, box, and they're playing, the, they're playing the game. And I'll tell you, um, I'll, I'll try and find out after we stop recording. I'll try and find out what <laughs> pub it is for yeah. you. 
if you, you want to go down the in, but yeah. I don't want to dob them yeah, in live. Them. <laughs> I don't want to record it. I don't want to record it. No, but if I find, I don't know. I don't even know which pub it is. To be honest, I just saw on the comment section somebody saying that he's convinced the landlord and the pub to put the game on on a dodgy <laughs> dongle. So I, I mean, I'm quite interested to find out what kind of dongle this is. I quite like one. I quite like one of these dodgy dongles. They sound good. We'll move sideways away from the Cabro Cup, uh, Carabao Cup. Um, you know. Whatever, I don't really like it. I think it's a bit of a nothing <laughs> cup. But um, yeah, we'll move sideways from that. We'll go back into Carlisle's next opponents uh, after tonight's game. Saturday's opponents, league opponents, it's Swindon Town. Uh, a side that has brought in some very good players over the summer, uh, including uh, a familiar face, Harry McCurdy. Is that how you say it? I think so. Harry McCurdy is over there. And uh, yeah, they brought in some very good players, to be completely honest. They brought in uh, the old Jay Simpson from Ipswich. And uh, they brought in some loan signings from Aston Villa, who's apparently rated very highly. And uh, recently, in the last three days, they signed a player that Carlisle probably would have been very interested in. And uh, it's another name that's difficult for me to say. And it's uh, Romney Crinchelo. Critchlow. Yeah, Critchlow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he would have been a good player for us to be looking at. Uh, mm. he, was at lo- he was on loan at this level last year. As um, He's been around the Hartlepool area before, so it wouldn't have been impossible for us to be looking at him. But he's gone to Swindon and he's on a season-long loan over at Swindon. Swindon won their first game of the season. They won their 3-1, which after one game puts them top of the league. So good for them. Um, and... Uh, Old Harry got on the score sheet as well. So um, it's going to be a difficult game. Swindon are normally a strong side at this level and you'd expect them to be difficult opponents. But Scunthorpe are relegation favourites, as touted by you and their own fans. So maybe not the best of competitions to gauge them against. Good, strong team. What What do you think of Swindon Town this year? I um I, I think they've been massively um undervalued by the people that I've seen kind of do previews on the season. Um almost almost more of them um have got Swindon down for relegation than have got Scunthorpe down for relegation. Um my views on Scunthorpe are those of their own fans. Um but if you kind of went on the views of so-called experts, you'd probably have Swindon down as kind of like a club that are just going to bomb this season. And, you know, they did kind of only just change ownership. So everything's kind of been put together at late notice for them. But, you know, they have got some, signed some eye-catching players. They've also still got a fair few players, even though quite a lot of people left. They've still got a fair few of the squad that won or, well, one on PPG, um, the league title, so, well, promotion into League One a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they haven't suddenly got a bad squad. It's not like uh, where I'm hearing about Scunthorpe and their total lack of players. Um, they have, you know, they've got a core there that is still there, and, um, and they've added to that with... You know, a few, you know, interesting looking players. Um, maybe a bit of a feel-good thing about the club now because they have been taken over and they've got new owners and, you know, everything's set to be on a more level playing, you know, on a more even keel for them. 
And, you know, we're going to go there and be the first team to visit the county ground this season. So that's going to be their bumper attendance. And, you know, and and I I think that could be a really big attendance as well. I don't know what their average attendances are, but, you know, if you add the fact that it's the first home game of the season and their first home game under their new ownership, um, I think I think they do normally get like about six or seven thousand. So like, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they pulled ten. But if uh, you know for a game like this, uh, highly partisan crowd, it's not an easy one for Carl fans to get to. So there won't be that many away fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be happy with a draw. Yeah, a draw, another draw. You want to go for another draw? I mean, yeah, on the yeah, road, you've got to look at opponents. The crowds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all right then, mate. Yeah, I'm going to be opposed. You, you've summarised it pretty well. <laughs> you've pulled it apart. A draw seems like a like a smart direction to go in, shall we say? Well, go on, you know, we can go for the win. I, I mean, I'm going to because that's we what I have and, to do. We can try, you know, with our settled midfield and everything, try and. Um, you know, are you not putting up... Clough? Are you not putting Clough back in? What formation are you going to put against Swindon? If Clough's if Clough's fit, what formation are you going to put against Swindon? I mean, I'm going to go four four two. Um, mm. I, yeah, I'd have kind of maybe Clough, Alessandra. Is Alessandra um, a, right, a right winger though? Like, if you're going to put him in the midfield four. Is he good? Yeah. Is he is he is he is he going to be effective enough out there? Or Dickinson. I see him more as a, as a as a player that gets in the gets in the box and makes trouble. You know what I mean? That's the kind of player I like him. Yeah, it, it, it can look decent though out wide. It's not his natural position, and mm. you know you maybe do miss out some of his, you know, some of his ability. I actually, kind of like thought um, at one point in the run up to the season that we'd maybe go four three three with a front three of. Mampala, Clough, and Dickinson, mm-hmm. and you know, we, you know, we might still do that. That might still be an option. Uh, leaves it leaves options on the bench with the likes of um, Toure and Alessandra, and not to mention like the likes of Taylor Charters. Well, that's another thing that we should discuss really is like where where are you going to fit in Taylor Charters into this when is he going to get his breakthrough season because the midfield looks packed at the moment and if Clough wasn't injured then Riley wasn't going to get into the team um so the midfield is looking a bit packed at the moment and you're talking about adding maybe a little bit of experience into that midfield and replacing that Furman uh sort of experience as well so when when will when will Charters get his chance well, I don't think he'll get his chance necessarily by being named in the starting lineup of games like this. Mm. But you know, he's quite close to. I mean, he was he was fairly close to first team consideration already last season. He got quite a few appearances off the bench. Um, he'll probably get more of those now, maybe because well, yeah, he should. I hope he does because he's he's come on much more, and is is a fairly attacking player, so. Is someone that you know, if he comes on and changes a game, then you know suddenly we you know we're going to maybe even be talking about adjusting our formation to fit him in. You know, to maybe play a three-man midfield, but with one 
more attacking and suddenly someone like Riley or Melish even finds themselves out of the teams to, to make way for charters to come in and kind of like, uh, you know, do what charters can do. I mean, at the same time, I'm fairly kind of like, fairly excited for what uh, Josh Dixon might be able to do this season, just because he looked so composed when he came on in, in the friendlies. I kind of like feel that even though he had like that entire season out through injury, he still looks slightly. He still looks slightly ahead of time in his development. Okay, I mean, it's it's a competitive squad the way it is. If you want to start fitting in those youth players, it gets even more competitive, and it gives us a lot to talk about here on the Blue Army podcast. And we've spoken about a lot. We reckon we should just maybe talk about one more subject, and that is going to be the Port Vale game which is happening next Tuesday because I put out episodes or we put out episodes or the episodes are put out on every Wednesday. So we won't get a chance to talk about the Port Vale game until after it's happened. So uh, we'll just maybe just throw in a little bit here is that Port Vale lost their first game of the season against Northampton Town. They recently signed former Wigan striker and Carlisle United Fans will also know his name, Jamie Proctor, ex-Preston, Bolton and Wigan striker, Jamie Proctor. He's he's been around this division and we've seen him at Brooklyn Park a few times in the past. And um, it would have been a player I would like to have seen Carlisle signed. I'm pretty sure we gave him a nod on our uh, Mm. our free agents uh, episode. There was definitely a nod headed in in his direction as a player worth bringing in. Now, Port Vale are one of those sides that just don't do a lot. In, in terms of uh, winning and losing and, and you know, they're just a mid, they're normally just a mid-table team and I would love to see Carlisle beat them. Um, oh, he was. Uh, Jamie Proctor was on loan at Carlisle for a while, actually. Oh, so Car- I, I, I assumed you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I always, do you know where I get picked up? Do you know where I get mixed up all the time? Jamie Proctor and Billy Painter. Uh, I mean, yeah, both big target men. Yeah, I always get the, I get them mixed up, and like one followed the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like one of them left, and the other one came yeah. in. So uh, only would... one of them looked like an absolute mug celebrating in front of Keith Curl, and then getting beat. You bloody deserve, don't you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, fo- football, football is so poetic sometimes, and uh, yeah, you do you do get what you deserve. You do get what you deserve, exactly. Uh, but the Port Vale, like I said, they're a good team. They they they, don't, they, they never go past League One. Um, they're always up and down. They don't seem like they've done a lot this year. Uh, by signing Jamie Proctor, a six foot two target man, we can sort of see the kind of football they're going to be relying on to keep themselves in this division this year. Uh, it might be a lot of uh, League One strong build up play kind of football, and I'm hoping. That, that's the kind of football that's going to play into Carlisle's hands this year because we've got a very good midfield that can soak up those balls and do something with them. And um, I can see us really thrashing Port Vale and that being the sort of the game that kickstarts our season a bit more and and uh, and, and we get to sort of plough on after that one. And uh, I can see us beating Port Vale 3-1, maybe 4-2, something like that. Uh, I'd like to see us to have a right good bloody trounce of them uh, what are you saying about Port Vale, Wills? Uh, I haven't really quite decided where they're gonna, you know, where they sit this season yet. I could go either way. 
because remember, um, I mean, last season they they started off quite well and then became incredibly poor, mm-hmm. and then ended the season very well, and then this season they have been giving it the Barry and saying, you know, they're gonna they're, they're gonna <laughs> win the league. Started with a defeat, but yeah. are gonna come back and and now go on a big run. But then I've played another game, you know, by the time we play them. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Port Vale recruited this summer the Hartlepool goalkeeper that scored the goal in the playoff final, um, Kovalan. Kovalan, Kovalan, yeah. yeah. Uh, They've they've got the goal-scoring goalkeeper over there at Port Vale as well. (laughs) It was was Torquay goalkeeper, but yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, and he got sent off in his first game, so I don't think we'll be facing him. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bit of information that I was hoping you get out there. So we might be facing an extra uh, weak goalkeeper, um, maybe, potentially, uh, somebody that wasn't expecting to be playing first-team football this year. Well, who so, is their backup goalkeeper? Who is their backup goalkeeper at? Port Vale. He was on the bench anyway this weekend. Oops. Hayden uh, Stone. Yeah. Sounds like a youth team prospect to me. Uh, it, it was signed uh, this summer okay. from Mansfield. Right. Old. Um, How many appearances not... anyway? One. Right. There we go. Then that's 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 good for us, <laughs> isn't it? You know, we might have a nervous goalkeeper in goal against us, and that that, that bodes my uh, my prediction even better. I would say. Uh, that Carlisle are going to storm all over Port Vale on a Tuesday night under the lights, uh, away (laughs) at Port Vale, sorry. But yeah, I reckon Carlisle are going to storm all over them and Toure is going to just tear them apart and be smashing the ball from 20-odd yards and scoring goals, hopefully. And that's when Zach Clough is also going to be effective on that Tuesday night and he's going to open up his goal-scoring tally from a free kick, I'm going to say. He's going to score a free Mm. kick. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah, did you did you give us a prediction for the Port Vale game? Let's go, you know, um, yeah, let's go one uh, nil to Carlisle, one nil just a one goal, but that's modest. Yeah, that's quite modest. I think that's quite modest, right, Wills? I think we've done a really good job here. We've spoken for uh, quite a lot of time. I was going to uh, speak a little bit about uh, the. The Premier League sort of uh, football-y news that goes on there in the outer realms of the Cumbrian dimension of yeah. football. The uh, Messi leaving Barcelona, Jack Grealish moving to Manchester City, how well Aston Villa has been recruiting as replacements go, and the old Harry Kane saga. But uh, to be honest, I don't necessarily need the content. Um, so <laughs> why don't that was why, just going to be a bit of filler. That was it. I didn't really. I don't really need. I don't need that much to edit. To be completely honest, mate, I can't be bothered giving myself that much to edit. So I'll tell you what. Pick your favourite one. Pick what, what the saga you find the most interesting. What what's caught your eye this week? Um, should we talk about Lionel Messi. Talk about where Messi's gonna go. Yeah. Um, um and the situation regarding him leaving Barcelona finances. as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you know about the finances at Barcelona? How precarious they are at the moment. Um. I see- the finances aren't precarious, but there's a the a La Liga have just introduced a new uh, wage cap, That's and they'd al- they'd already offered Messi a new contract, which mm-hmm. was going to make you know on even more money. 
And then the wage cap came in and I had to go back and say, I know we've already made you this offer, but this is out of our hands. We can't honour it because, yeah. because of this wage cap. And, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to show any sympathy for either Barcelona or Messi or La Liga. No one comes out of that well. No, absolutely <laughs> not. The, the whole thing with... I, I've been reading it from sort of Messi's standpoint and he's came out with yeah. another statement with the press today and has let a whole lot of... Another can of worms out the bag. Messi said that he would take, he would take half the wages... Um, to, and he would sign a new contract with Barcelona. He'd be quite happy to take yeah. half the amount that he was getting paid the year yeah. before that. And mainly that's because he's had the opportunity to go out into the market and see what kind of offers are out there and realise that half the amount of money that he's already on currently at Barcelona and staying where he's been for mo- like all of his career is probably worth more to him than going somewhere else. And then with that offer being accepted of half the amount of money, Barcelona then came back again and said that they don't even have half the amount of money yeah, that they that. even have yeah. <laughs> to even offer him. So it sounds like Barcelona would just... It's, it's one of those ones where... Um, you're trying to, you know, this, a girl's trying to break up with you, but she keeps sleeping with you. You know, stop offering me contracts if you don't really mean it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he he's, he's been in tears in press conferences saying how oh, sad he God, is to be yeah. leaving Barcelona and mm-hmm. how much he wants to play for them. Obviously, he doesn't want to play for them that much. Yeah, because play for them I that mean, much. It's not like he needs the money. You know, it's not like we're talking about the Aaron Hayden situation where, you know, he's got perfectly good reason to make a move for money. Messi, if you really want, like, like coming to the end of your career, Messi, if you really wanted to play for Barcelona, play for them for free. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, There's no reason why he he, he can't sign for them for free. It's sort of like a gesture to be like, listen, you've given me... You know, 15 yeah. years of being paid on a top wage. You t- your training turned me into the best player in the entire world. So here's a season for you. Here's one on me. Here's one on me, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. for his brand, you know, the, the, that's what all these footballers have these days when they're in the... Oh, he will get a lot of, of money football. from, like... Got he could get a lot of money from sponsorship if he was kind it'll of... Make it, Messi, it'll make him... Playing for Barcelona for free. For free. Barcelona... Barcelona love that. You know, yeah. remember, they didn't have a, spon- a shirt sponsor for ages because they didn't want to muddy the, you know, their beautiful shirt with the name of a sponsor. Well, that's it. I mean, that's it. Here's the other thing as well. Here's, here's it's okay when you can afford well. to do that. Yeah, well, it's nice. It's a nice gesture, yeah, yeah when you can afford <laughs> yeah. to do that. Absolutely. But on, on, the, on, the, other, on the other side of, of, of these things is that Messi has obviously earned, you know, all, all the dollar in the world. There's ways to pay somebody without paying them a wage. You could say every time somebody buys a, a messy shirt, you get X amount of money and he's not necessarily getting a weekly wage. And the only money that he's getting is money that's going into the club. He's only getting a part of some money that goes into the club or something along those. There's ways to pay somebody without necessarily paying them, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether the rules that exist in La Liga have anything to say about that. Maybe they do. But, mm. you know, either way, if he wants to play for Barcelona that badly, he can do. Yeah, of course he could. I want and, to play uh, for Barcelona really badly, but not as badly as I want to make another couple of million before I retire. 
<laughs> just knock it on the just knock it on the heads as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? If 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 you don't if, if you wanted to do that, you could you could retire a legend and you could just yeah. knock it on the head this year. I mean, obviously it's not the end of the career that you maybe wanted to have, no. but you could you could you could just knock it on the head at the end of this year, but he's not going to. He's gonna go and make that extra couple of million. And it looks like he's gonna to go <laughs> to Paris Saint Germain. I think if he come if he tried to come to the Premier League at this stage of his career, yeah. oh, that could potentially sour it. Oh, that could potentially really <laughs> sour someone's yeah, you career. Think he would, to... You think he wouldn't adjust well? Kind of. Like I don't. Playing... I, I think. I think there'd be a lot of bog standard defenders that could put Messi in yeah. their back pocket. You know, average yeah. Premier League <laughs> defenders that could really put yeah. somebody like Messi in the back pocket. Yeah. I don't fancy Tuesday. Him. Tuesday night at Stoke. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of <laughs> they're not like, even in the Premier League results. anymore. Like, get... like, like a for uh, like, uh, oh, like Sean Sean Burnley, <laughs> yeah. These big, these big physical teams, no yeah. chance, no chance. Like they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna mark him out the game. Like he's I'd gonna, like to no. see that. I'd like to see yeah. that. I want someone to go. Maybe Aston Villa and get him. Well, you know that would be that would be a wise investment of the money. <laughs> um, but <laughs> even still, even still, like it would. Uh, Messi coming to the Premier League. This is not going to happen. He's not going to put. He's not going to put his his reputation at risk. Uh, if he goes to PSG, he can, you know, he can pretty much dictate who he's playing with, when he plays. Yeah. You know, like you gotta, you gotta. It doesn't matter if you're playing against an Oxair or a, a Renes or someone like that in in League Un. And you've got Neymar on one side of you and Mbappe on the other side of you. You're probably going to keep scoring goals until you're 40-odd-year-old. You know, it's it's one of those situations where you're just going to set yourself up for success. And that's what he's going to do. He's not going to put his, his reputation in jeopardy. He's not going to put his brand in a position where it can yeah. look weaker. Um, he's going to go to Paris Saint-Germain and he's going to keep scoring goals against bog-standard European teams in the Champions League. And, and I mean, Paris Saint-Germain is going to be... You know, he's, he's going to fill his boots against, um, you know, some of the lower to mid-table League One, League One, to make sure that I'm not talking about the league that Sunderland and Gillingham are in. League like, One. League Un. Un. Yeah. League Un. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he's, you know, he's not going to... You know, he's going to fill his boots even more than he does against the sort of, like, lower order La Liga teams. Yeah. And you know, I hate to say this, if you're listening, Lionel, <laughs> I, I bet Ronaldo would have done it for free if he wanted it badly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo knows what ro- loyalty looks like. Yeah, Lionel Messi's it, just spat out his. <laughs> is that enough? Coca Cola, yeah, he spat his Coca Cola all over the, <laughs> all, all, all over his laptop and shut it, stormed off, unsubscribe. I thought that was I thought, honestly when someone told me the Coca-Cola thing about the share prices when Ronaldo moved that bottle of Coke and the share prices went down by like 90 million or yeah. something crazy like that. I thought somebody was taking the piss when they told me that. I honestly yeah. thought they were taking the piss. And it just, such a small thing that he did and 90 yeah. million. Unbelievable. Share prices mate. though. I mean, like share prices are kind of fluctuate a lot anyway. And it doesn't actually mean that that the company's lost that amount of money. Yeah. It's like, it's all kind of like hypothetical money when people say, I mean, this all went down by 90 million. They've probably gone back up by 100 million by the end of the day. You know, it's kind of like the way that all that stuff works. 
Well, that's it. Well, mate, we've covered a full array of subjects on yeah. today's podcast. Even talking we've about gone... Coca-Cola share prices. Um... That's it. We've gone. We've <laughs> gone. We've gone from through economics, um, from football, match reports, match reviews, uh, match previews, uh, news, transfers, opinions, and all the beautiful stuff in between. And so, there's only one thing left for me and you to do, mate. And that's to say goodbye to our lovely, lovely listeners. Uh, we're going to finish this week with the Reptilians. Uh, they are our loud and local band of this week. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're back again with another one of their great tunes, which I'll introduce to you guys later. But for now, Wills, thank you very much for joining me on the Blue Army podcast. You're welcome. It's great to be back after the match. Yeah, give us some <laughs> football to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, where Carlisle will be playing a lot of away games, unfortunately. Um, and so we'll do our best to, to cover those matches for you. Um, yeah, looking forward to coming back for episode 31. This has been episode 30. And that's enough from me and Wills. Bye for now. Bye. All right, then, me Mares. That is it from myself and Wills. On this week's show of the Blue Army Podcast, this has been episode 30. We're finally in our 30s, and I am happy to reintroduce you to a band you've heard before. This band is the Reptilians. They've sent us another track, which is just an absolute banger, and I hope you guys enjoy that. Before I move on to introducing the track, though, I just want to quickly say that on next week's show... Uh, We'll obviously be talking about what happened at Sheffield United, Swindon and probably the Port Vale game, which is all these games are in very quick succession from each other. And then we'll be looking ahead to the game against Leighton Orient, which will be on that following Saturday, 11 days from this time of recording. Well, thank you very much for joining us over here on the Blue Army podcast. I've really... Really enjoyed the show this week and uh, you might be wondering what the track of the week is called this week. And this week's track of the week, like I mentioned before, is a re-return of the band Reptilians and their song, The Modern Harrison Bergeron. I hope I said that right. I'm really sorry if I didn't, but it's an absolute tune. I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you next week right back here on the Blue Army Podcast. All right, bye for now, Maris! Such a day for a wave from a stray, such a sign of being a woman of a certain age. Kikendi stands in the clink of a glass and a request to stay. So I have lives and I lie and I feign and I strength to be an arbiter of modern mind And the bashing of the business and the miscreants dark in my hand He 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.